0: No way you're going. You're feeling down, feeling underground, and you got nothing worth showing. But the brown Browns got your covers, she can show you another way. Tune in weekly to your radio, and she'll have it feeling alive, There's the Welcome, welcome, welcome to Walking Through Glass, the podcast with your host, Dr. Dina C. Brown. Yes, yes, yes. I am so excited to bring you another phenomenal conscious conversation. And my guest today is none other than St. Clair. Dietrich Jules. And before I allow you to introduce herself, let me give you a little bit of the tea, the sauce, about what we're going to be chatting about today. You see, St. Clair She found me on Walking Through Glass, the podcast, getting her daily dose of vitamin Dr. D, a little bit of medicine for your mindset. And as I reached out during those lives and said, hey, you know what, if you're interested in being on the show, if you have something that you want to share, if you have something that is really, truly impacting the lives, not only of yourself and others, then I'd love to have you on a guest. And she overcame her fears and decided to really step and walk into her dreams and her calling. And here we are Today. So I'm so super, uber excited to bring you and allow her to introduce herself to you. My very special guest today, Miss St. Clair Dietrich Jules.
1: Thank you. I'm happy to be here. She's going to so, tell us a
0: little bit more about herself, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, um, so yeah, like Dr. Dina said, my name is St. Claire Dietrich-Jules, uh, originally from Washington, D.C., born and raised. Um, my dad is first-generation immigrant from the Caribbean, a little island called St. Barts. Um, I am an activist, documentary filmmaker, and photographer. I like using art to do social justice work. Um, so some topics that I'm really interested in are immigration and now with with this project that I'm working on now, um, celebrating and uplifting black women and girls. Um, I identify as an unapologetically black woman, um, super proud of my African heritage and, um, I'm a recent college graduate, graduated from Brown in December 2017. And yeah, I think that's about me.
0: (laughs) Wow. I mean, like, what an amazing story and and such powerful um sharing. I mean, there's so many things. I'm like, okay, hold on, sister. Piece take one piece at a time, because there was so (laughs) much like yumminess that's there, but what really inspired me about your story and 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 even like I said with reaching out and seeing the photography book that you're working out that you're working on showing that natural hair and that beauty that we have no, no matter the texture the length the style and that being able to embrace that is really huge as we begin to have really conscious conversations about who we are how we show up and who we think and believe we have the power of becoming. And I'll never forget when Michelle Obama, when Barack, President Barack Obama was elected president. And I remember sitting and the, the overwhelming joy of having an African-American president and just being, you know, excited. I remember one of my girlfriends saying, you know what, there's finally going to be some pink lotion in the White House. I mean, pink <laughs> hair lotion, right? And it was. And and when I when I think about that and and really the the underlying messaging in that is that often our hair as women in general, black, white, Puerto Rican, Haitian, you know, has symbolized something very powerful about our identity. And that's what I love about the journey and what you've taken on and I would love for you to share a lot of it, a lot of it, <laughs> a lot of it about, you know, the why and tell us a little bit more about, especially you got to share with us about Chloe, mm-hmm. but, you know, you know, dear Chloe love letters to my little sister. And that when I read that and, and I get chills because I have two little sisters, um, they're kind of grown now, but they're still little sisters. Is <laughs> that it's our universal little sisters as well. And so I'd love for you to share just kind of like the inspiration, the motivation. And really, what is it that you you will change? I don't say hope. I know you will, that you will begin to change for our young, our sisters out there.
1: Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, Yeah, so this... Uh, this photo book that I'm working on. So backstory is I have a little sister. I have three little siblings. um, And one of my little sisters is she's six now. And when she was four a couple years ago, she started becoming self-conscious of her hair. And she has this really beautiful Afro out of the four of us siblings. Her hair is um, definitely has the tightest curl pattern and, and it's really beautiful. It's amazing. But she is, um really self-conscious about it. And I remember the day that my dad told me she was self-conscious about her hair, I was really hurt because, you know, I had always tried to, I had always tried to tell her, you know, um, anytime I saw her, they actually live in France and I live in the US, but anytime I would visit or she would visit me, I would always say, you know, make a point of saying, Chloe, I love your hair. I love your hair. Like you love your hair, right? You love your hair. And so I I really tried to ingrain that in her um, from the time she was a baby. And, um, I remember being like, okay, so, so far, so good, you know, she's four and she's still, you know, she still likes her hair. Um, but yeah, then when my dad told me that she was starting to be self-conscious about it, she wanted straight hair, um, that was really hurtful. Cause you know, we all want the best. I'm sure same for you, right? We all want the best for our little sisters and, and we don't want them to feel, any pain you know we just want their lives to be as easy as possible and so when I found out that first I got really upset and then I decided okay well it seems like other people aren't you know mainstream media isn't gonna change this um you know, we have like one Disney movie with a black princess and even that one black princess has straightened hair. Right. So mainstream media isn't doing anything. So, Oh
0: yeah, that's so true.
1: (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um, so I decided, all right, then I'm gonna, I'm gonna do something about it because I can't wait for the world to tell Chloe that she's beautiful because, because it might never come. Right. So I'm going to be the one to do it. And so I, um, came up with the idea of a photography book featuring black women with natural hair, black women and girls with natural hair. And every photo is accompanied by um, a quote from that woman. So I interviewed these black women about their hair stories. And it was really really open-ended sort of my process. So they talk about their relationship with their hair, their big chop stories, their... um, You know, stories of growing up, stories of being made fun of for their natural hair, stories of, you know, some people did ancestry DNA and then felt more connected with their African roots and that helped encourage them to, you know, stay natural, those kinds of things. Um, And so that was, that was what I did. And my hope, or I guess my, my, um, what I, what I think will change Um, is first and foremost Chloe, but also just this collective um, community of Black women, not only in the U.S., but globally. I want to be part of the natural hair movement. I think that as a collective, we're really starting to embrace our natural hair more now um, and say, you know what? I don't care what anybody else thinks. Our natural hair is beautiful. And so I... Want my book to continue pushing that forward. I want it to be an affirmation to some black women who might be on the edge. Should I go natural? Should I get a perm? I want this book to be that affirmation they need. Um, no, you don't need a perm. You're beautiful with your natural hair. You know, no one should feel like they have to change their hair or their body in order to be beautiful.
0: Wow, that number one. That's beautiful. And And as you were talking, there are so many different emotions and shifts that were taking place. First and foremost, when they enter school, and I I know this, being an educator with over 20 years experience and being a school administrator for nearly 10 years, um, working and living overseas in a diverse, uh, multicultural environment, that wasn't always inclusive because diversity and multiculturalism doesn't mean naturally inclusive so exactly. I'm say that and then um, and then proceed is that when they're in that space children and boys and girls and they start to look at the their differences and if they're not taught shown embraced to appreciate and love the differences, then that begins to happen. And with young girls, the hair is so powerful. I remember being a young girl and we used to play Charlie's Angels, me and my sisters, and we would put the towels on our hair. And everybody wanted to be Farrah Fawcett. They wanted to be Jill because she had blonde hair and she was beautiful. And that's what meant beautiful. And people didn't want to be Kelly because she had dark hair, you know, and because that mm-hmm. means you had never had dark towel on your head. I mean it was it it's play but yet it's more powerful than play because that begins to shape our subconscious understanding of who we are and what we love about ourselves and what we may feel is unlovable about ourselves. And when we begin to look at the psychology of our beliefs, it goes down to that. And like you said, mainstream media does not promote that. And fortunately, unfortunately, I would say that even our new wave of diverse and culturally woke examples don't necessarily do that either because buying bundles, I mean, that's kind of the the new norm. And I'm saying, yes, own the narrative, be a part of the, the buyer's journey. I'm okay with that. I'm not saying that that's what we shouldn't do. But how we define beauty, how we show up in pictures, what's happening in our videos, what we're saying about our hair, how we're caring for our hair, how we're treating others that do not have hair like ours. That's really powerful. And when you said about you being the one to tell Chloe and saying to Chloe, listen, Chloe, you are beautiful. Your hair is amazing. But from a psychologist's perspective, I begin to ask the question, how do we get Chloe to say that and believe that and to own that? Because it's more than we can want it for them. But what is the switch? What is, I call it, there's an art and a science to becoming to, to get to that place where you say, I know. And And what you're doing is the start. And so I applaud you and your work and what you're pouring in and speaking life. Because somewhere along the journey, somewhere along this journey, someone has said to her, okay, whether it's verbal, nonverbal, but I believe it's probably even more directly that there was something different and wrong with her hair. And it starts when we have our kids. It starts with kids. And kids grow up to be these Adult, of course, that's the natural progression. I know. I'm like. I mean, like, and and I'm saying that not to be funny, but I'm saying that that the young girl, two, three, four, five, six, whatever, who heard that something about her that was natural was not beautiful, grows up her whole life trying and searching for something to change, to either make her more beautiful or to validate her beautiful, or she gets so used of this other overarching persona that the real person inside of that is masked. And that's a whole nother like level conversation. But I've been having so many conversations about hair stories lately. That's why, that's why this is so relevant. and so timely about what it means. Even the act of the big chop. Are you only chopping off your hair or are you chopping off limited beliefs about your hair?
1: Mm, Yeah. I mean, she's like, I didn't want
0: my foot that deep at first, but it is. Yeah. It it is. And that me going natural and going back to my roots, but what are your roots? Do you even know? Or are you mimicking? Because what happens is that some actually mimic and they want to be part of this new mainstream movement and they lack an understanding. So is it about the movement or is it about you? making a mind shift and loving you as you are unapologetically.
1: Yeah, that's a really, that's such an interesting topic. Yeah. You just said so many interesting (laughs) things. I mean, (laughs) like unlearning, you know, one of the women in my book, she's, um, she's Dominican, Afro-Dominican, and she was she was just talking about how difficult it's been for her um and how I guess how difficult it is for all of us to unlearn hundreds of years of colonialism that's Yes. <laughs> that's like woven into us at this point, you know, and so how do we how do we really unlearn all of that? How do we come to an understanding of who we really are, of who our ancestors were pre-colonialism, you know, how do we rediscover that history, you know? How do we... It takes intentionality. All the questions
0: you're asking are great questions. And those listeners out there, write these down because that is why I founded the Lead Her Shift movement, to shift the way we think about ourselves, especially as women, and how we lead, learn, experience, apply, and develop. Because we do have to unlearn. So there's three things that you must have to really begin to own and walk in your truth. You need to have clarity about who you are. I mean, like real sense of clarity about that. You need to have a sense of consciousness, awareness about where you are on your journey, because where you are might be, I'm not there yet, and that's okay. (laughs) You need to have consistency with pursuing this walk and this truth. And I call that my C3 blueprint. And the C3 stands for actually nine C's, but broken down into three different foundational pieces that really kind of help you. So that's the what. And the how is what I call the shift factor. And shift is an acronym. So how do you begin to do that? And the very first, the S, is to do, you got to get, you got to do a self-check, self-discovery, and you have to spend the time, and you cannot put, it's going to take me only one month. Well, it might take you five, but the fact Mm -hmm. that you make micro steps, and even if you have a micro win to get to the next step, then you're progressing. And the H is about really really humbling yourself and realizing that you don't have all the answers. So how are you going to figure that out? Where are you going to connect? What kind of inner circle? What kind of team or what kind of help will you get? Whether you hire a coach, whether you go see a therapist, whether you invest in a program, what are you going to do to help you? Because you need to know, number one, the self-discovery piece. Where am I at? What's going on? How, what, what do I need to kind of get to help me get these answers so that I can be intentional, which is the I, how am I going to intentionally attack whatever it is? And I say attack, because when we're talking about negative beliefs and limiting behaviors, you have to literally go on the attack to unlearn. And when you get really intentional, it allows you to focus on the one thing. What's the one thing you need to get to the next one thing, to get to the next one thing that's going to bring me to the next one thing. Because there's always going to be a next one thing. But once you kind of get that with that focus, it allows you to do the T, take action with tenacity. It's say, okay, I have this one thing. I'm going to work on it until I get to, and now I got the next one. And so the shift factor is cyclical. You start all over for each new level. (laughs) I know who you and what you are. And I believe once we kind of get to that sense of consciousness, That we operate in the subconscious 95% of the time, that's the start. So we have to go back and unlearn. But first you have to make the unconscious conscious. Mm -hmm. What are you trying to unlearn? And where did it start? Where's your earliest memory thereof? So, okay. Some people go, I remember when I was in the womb. Okay. That's some deep transcendental meditation you remember in the womb. <laughs> I don't go that far. I, I'm not there yet. I'm not even sure. I want to remember my womb, but here's what's so important about the womb. And I tell people I'm, I love, this is like my ish, neuroscience, neurolinguistic programming and understanding the psyche of, of how our brain works because it's science to this. It's not just spirit, it's science. And I call applied Christianity because I'm a woman of faith. And, and it's when we begin to apply that. So here's the thing. Do you realize that a woman, and that's why I, oh, I love women. I love, love, love women. And how we're framed. A woman has all of her eggs at birth. Yeah,
1: that's incredible. I've heard that.
0: So when we talk about how far back we have to go to unlearn we're always searching. So If my mom had all her eggs and her mom had all her eggs, what was spoken into historically had been spoken in at some deeper energy wavelength level into those eggs, which is why it's so powerful what we speak and it's so powerful what we think. And so when you're telling me, oh, I don't get this part, this person's having a hard time, I'll have a client say, I don't know why I'm doing this. I go, so tell me about what it was like growing up. And they'll go, oh, well, when we lived, okay, so tell me about your relationship with this person, your mom. And I said, okay, so now let me fast forward you to why you're dealing with this situation right now. Because that's what you've been programmed. So you do have to become intentional about the rewiring. And it is possible. It's possible to rewire, but it is a constant because the voice, that inner critic, that voice is never going away. That heifer ain't going nowhere. (laughs) She's a heifer. I call her a heifer. She ain't Mm -hmm. going nowhere. And so you have to build up that muscle and that clarity, that awareness and that consistency that helps you fight that. Because when times are hard and things and, and you get all shaken, it's going to come back and she's going to start talking to you. Because why, she's the voices of your past situations, your ancestors, your mom, your parents, your grandparents, whoever spoken to you at an early age, whether it was good or bad.
1: Yeah. So you've been a great thing. That's day. interesting. Thank yeah. you. So, you're,
0: so she's like, oh, my God. I did, Oh, my gosh. So when we start <laughs> talking about the roots <laughs> and, and getting to our roots. It's beyond the hair because if you know what impacts our hair, comes from inside of us. What do we eat? What are we feeding ourselves? What are yeah. we nourishing? So philosophically and literally.
1: That's really yeah. It's really <laughs> interesting hearing you talk about all of this. <laughs> well, and it's really you. yeah. It's really amazing thinking about um. Yeah, like thinking about like how far, like how far back you have to go, and I guess, um, you know, it's it's hard, and it's also, I think it's also, like obviously, really important um, to think about our ancestors and to think about how much they went through, and especially those of us who. Um, you know, who's, who have, you know, uh, black families within the Americas, you know, who were brought over on slave ships, like they went through so much. And, you know, I'm sure there was so much, obviously, like negativity and abuse and everything. Um, And they are the survivors, you know, like we're the survivors of those who, you know, we're the descendants of the survivors of the Middle Passage you know and so that's that's really strong and so it's there's a lot of i guess yeah like hurt and pain there and then there's also a lot of strength as well that's been passed down i think
0: yeah it it really is and as you were saying and i was providing that historical framework and as you were sharing out it just hit me it was like the divine d- divine download is that we have a choice to make. We have an option to spend all of our time going back to research and dig and do um, I call it a her story anthropological dig. <laughs> or <laughs> I love it. I, I make up words. If Mary J. Blige can do it, I do it too. <laughs> Is that, but what if we just start now? Once we make the unconscious conscious. And say, okay, I know where this comes from, but it doesn't have to define me. So here's how I'm going to move forward. Because some people will use that dig back to delay their growth. And so I, I also, you know, it's important to understand and have a consciousness. But once there's a conscious awakening to, oh, got it. It came from there. Now I know how to deal with it. Not, I got to go back. I got to create a bibliography. I got to go make citations on it. I got, I mean, like, (laughs) how is that going to move you forward? Yeah. So I've also thought about that for my own. And I'm not speaking this to anyone that does. I'm saying that people don't understand. This comes from my own journey, my walk. I'm usually talking to myself. And as I've talked to myself, (laughs) (laughs) how are you going to get out of your own head and lead and move forward. Here's what you have to do. So, sister, and this is what I say to myself, sister, I need you to quit spending all of these minutes over here when what's ahead of you is wake, waiting for you to just move. Mm. Yeah. Is that? I mean, like, is I mean, Am I the only? Yeah. I want. I always want to. Be, am I the only? am I the only one that has like these conversations with themselves like this?
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, I, yeah, I I think about that sometimes too. Like how, yeah, I mean, not in the same words, but. (laughs) And my favorite thing
0: to share is that I schedule my, I call it my tantrums, but you can call them whatever you want. Um, Because it's a human factor of all of this that we've talked about and moving past, you you know, you had mentioned and listening to the one we talk about overcoming your fears and and your own personal, you know, biases. This is why I'm speaking to this even more so than, you know, normal is that I'll say, okay, this is human. This is Dina being human. Okay, you have 10 minutes. I set 10 minutes on my phone. And I say, go at it, girlfriend. Oh my God, my life is horrible. Oh my God, I've never done anything with my life. I haven't even cheated anything. Everybody's doing something great. No, no, no. And I just give myself 10 minutes to be so irrational. I mean, like I can get as extreme and as stupid as I want in that 10 minutes. And I call it because it really, it is. I mean, I just get all of it out. Why? Because that's the the heifer, right? Mm -hmm. The heifer wants to have a voice. And so the heifer gets a voice, but she doesn't get a vote. So okay, I got it out. So after that ten minutes, the timer goes off. I then set fifteen minutes of gratitude and start appreciating and giving thanks. And the, the time is always more than what I spent complaining. Yeah. And I started doing this, and I used to get now way back when I first started, I had like twenty, I had like twenty minutes an hour. I mean, I had a long time. I'm now down. <laughs> <laughs> I don't do <need> that <laughs> long because now I'm like laughing before I could get into like the first couple of minutes, I'm laughing and so now that tantrum time turns into me just kind of just being silly and enjoying life and being free for a moment just to be free and I just go at it and I think about what's the most outrageous thing else that you could say about your life and me speaking it out loud and voicing it out loud brings to my conscious, how absolutely absurd it is. <laughs> mm, yeah. You know Yeah, that's yeah. yeah. Have you done
1: anything like that before? Is that I mean I guess I haven't let's see, I haven't done like the the timing thing, but that is that is, <laughs> but that is interesting and and <laughs> I think definitely good advice. I'm like thinking about it as you're going over it. I'm like, yeah, I should do that too, because there are there are times where I just feel super negative about um, things going on in my personal life, and then also, you know, things going on in the world. Um, you know, there's so many injustices, and I mean, for my book, also, for example, right, like discrimination against black women with yes. natural hair. Like, there's so much going on, and I get so, I get so um, upset when I hear that you know, TSA is discriminating against black people for their hair and, um, you know, children are being punished for wearing Afrocentric hairstyles and California just had to pass a law saying that employers can't discriminate against black women with natural hair. And, you know, there's so much crazy stuff going on. And so I guess, um, I guess I do when I, whenever I sort of like get into those spirals of like, everything is terrible. I, I, do try to go into gratitude. My therapist is always telling me gratitude, gratitude, gratitude. Um, And really there are so many things to be, to be grateful for. And I have, so I haven't done like the timing myself with the complaints of everything that's going wrong, but I have done, um, Like, I've made lists of things that I'm grateful for. And oftentimes, like, the things just keep pouring out. I'll say, okay, I'm going to write down 10 things that I'm grateful for. And then I'll end up with a list of, like, 25 just because there are so many things that I'm grateful for. Um, And, like, with the natural hair movement, also, you know, like, there's so much to be grateful for. I mean, even among all of this discrimination, there are so many Black women out here who are just saying we don't care about your opinions of us. We're just going to do whatever makes us happy. Yes.
0: yes. So that's Yeah. <laughs> I, love I love me. And if you do, it's a bonus.
1: And yeah. so, <laughs> that's a good motto. I mean,
0: I love me. I love me so much. I can support you. I love you so much that I I love me so much that I can love you because now I'm not looking to borrow somebody else's joy and love and their flavor. See, when we talk about the psychology, and I, I, I now again, I probably made this up. I've been looking for it. Our psycho, our psychological DNA is what I call it. Is that mm. when we, um, when we are out there interacting, and even, even when we have sister groups and and all of that kind of stuff, right? There's always that one in the group. <laughs> and you got to pray before y'all get together because you got to pray and make sure you don't snatch her up at some point because she has to be the one if I mean it's so much it has to be so much about her that even when you get together and everybody's having like a basic good time the tension's always drawn and they seem to do this but if you really begin to study it it's a hunger it's almost like a leech it's a hunger and that they want to steal some of everybody else's because they're feeling empty mm-hmm. and that means they don't have a love for themselves they act like they do I'm the baddest bee. I'm the one on top really if you got to say that are you really that yeah if you got to scream it so everybody hears you who are you trying to convince so why don't you go spend some quiet time and yell at yourself that's how I see it I mean <laughs> <laughs> I I do practical coaching and practical therapy. Like like, like, Mm glad you're like, um, you said that. Yeah, I did. I don't have time to play with you. You have zero more minutes to get your life together. Zero. Mm -hmm. And so every minute counts, and I don't have time to waste it with some other stuff and fluffing your head up. That's the problem. It's been fluffed too much. Yeah. Okay. How about how about we do some reality pinpricks? I don't want to deflate you, but I want to do some pinpricks. You know, like that little something you go. I used to go visit some family in like in South and North Carolina and those darn chiggers, you'll be out there in the grass and you feel something biting you. <laughs> and they'll be like, what? Oh my gosh. And so you just need that little. <laughs> <laughs> Let Wow. What are, what are they called? They're called chiggers. Chiggers? Yeah. They're like little oh. fleas kind of biting. Kind of, They're not fleas, but they're little biting bugs, and they're usually in the grass. So if you go in the grass, oh. if you're in South Carolina, North Carolina, those, like, areas, um, and you can't really see them, they're really small. And you'll feel them biting you.
1: Oh, God. Yeah, I really haven't spent that much time in the South. <laughs> And honey,
0: I don't go out there no more in the grass and not want no long socks so on. I don't care how hot it is. But, <laughs> it's, it's, but, but it was that awareness though, right? So what I, what I find is that as women and, and, and all seriousness aside, I mean, all joking aside, is that we spend so much time beating up ourselves and then asking other people to love the beat up version of ourselves. But then I'm going to ask you, if you went into the grocery store, are you going to purchase the can that's dented or the one that has zero dents on it? So yeah. am I going to love you? And all you do is keep showing me. I'm not talking about confidence and having a person to talk to. I'm not talking about that. Mm-hmm. I'm saying if every time you show up, it's the worst version of you. It's negative. It's toxic. Nothing's ever right. you always going through. <laughs> and, 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 and everything, you, you don't have anything to say about good about anybody else because you can't even say anything good about yourself. But yeah, you go, why does anybody love you, me? Because you don't love you. So why don't you start loving you first? Spend time loving you first and that means you're going to have to say no to some other people and that no is actually yeah. a yes to
1: you. Yeah, I love the way you put that. Like yeah, saying yes to yourself by taking care of yourself by by only by being really intentional about who you surround yourself with, like not surrounding yourself with toxic people and also um you know, I think also sometimes recognizing when you're the toxic person, oh, right? We're in like, the park. Know, you better we say that. To check ourselves. Yes, <laughs> and do a check on
0: yourself. I'm like, oh, honey, um, mm-hmm. let me go. And so I, I have this moment where I went <laughs> to this meeting. I had a um, we had a Panhellenic Council meeting, I'm a member of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority, Incorporated, and we had a, a meeting. And I came in. It was after. It was like a happy hour type a meeting. And so I came in, but I sat in the back of the room for a while because I came from a meeting. I came from some really stressful, I, I was not, I didn't want to pass that energy to anybody. So I went and set off in the corner. And got myself right, worked myself through it. You know, I used particular strategies to process those feelings and emotions. And so then I went and joined the group who was all around the table. And so one of the young ladies says, Oh, you finally joined us. I said, Yes, I had to kind of work out some things. I said, I did not want to bring that energy to the table. And to this day, and this has happened maybe a year or two years ago, she always says, I will never forget that moment. Every time we go somewhere and she introduces me, she says, I admire how you set and said, I got to get myself right. <laughs> so I don't bring that to this group. And she said, that always stuck with me. And what you just said, recognize when you are the toxic person in the group, you are the spoiled roux messing up our gumbo. You know what I mean? <laughs> Hmm. and and then yeah. and go do, do something then don't say oh what was me go do something and I love the fact that and in, in looking at like the your your photography book and the hundred women you interviewed and they're talking about their stories their stories is the first step and, yeah. and they had to sometimes voice this love because even if and I don't know because I haven't seen all the stories. I, I did read the trailer. It's so fantastic, and thank you. Um, definitely, we'll make sure we put in um, how to access the trailer. Please check that out in the notes and how to check the trailer. And just so we take that momentary inhale, exhale, break. How can they if they want to run like right now and go find how to get access or to pre-order? Check out more about the project. Where do they go?
1: Yeah, so they can go to DearChloe.com, D-E-A-R, Dear, and then Chloe with a K, so K-H-L-O-E.com. And I have a sign-up sheet on the homepage um, so people can sign up for the newsletter and get updates and be the first to know um, about everything related to my book. And then I also have social media. Um, so I have a Facebook page, uh, dear Chloe. I also have an Instagram page, dear underscore Chloe, again, Chloe with a K. Um, and then I have a Twitter, which is at dear Chloe, all one word. Wow. Now when will the, when will the documentary be finished? So the, so the book will come out in, um, in spring 2020, um, the video part, so basically when I when I went to take photos of all these women, I also interviewed them and I filmed their interviews and I transcribed them for the book. Um, but I also wanted to have it on film because I am a documentarian. And so um, that is a little more, that'll probably be a little farther in the future for the documentary. Um or like for the, for the documentary portion, but I am going to be releasing videos on my social media um, snippets, um, words of encouragement from these women, bits of bits of their stories. Um, so that's what I'm doing leading up to the, uh, the release of the book. Yes. And I, I love that. And, and I, I
0: believe that there's no coincidences in life And, you know, as a listener of walking through glass, you hear me share a lot about, um, and I'm intentional about sharing what I'm doing, what I'm working on, what I'm passionate about, because that's what puts Mm -hmm. things in alignment. And that's what literally brings universally those things to you and the people connected because my dream is to make documentaries about the stories and lives of women, (laughs) That's, amazing. And that's why when I, love I saw it. you when you reached out, I was like, okay, God, like, really? I, I, <laughs> I, I kid you not. And so um, I have an anthology project that's I'm um, publishing, it'll be out December 18th. And it's called Destimony, The Journey of Me on the Road to I Am. And that's the first in the series. But the goal is to create the documentary series that aligns with that. And it's the collection of the women who have embraced the journey, good, bad, and different, and how they found their keys to getting up and keep moving. So. um, (laughs) That's incredible. I am.
1: So all for That's that. That's why I was like, wow. oh my
0: gosh, you know. So I will. I I just literally went to your page and ate up all of that because I thought, okay, gotta move to this. And even putting things in alignment and taking time to pursue what's good for you and right for you. And that yeah. I love the fact that you're like, this is for you know, this is for Chloe. But underlying this, and then my heart and my spirit, this is also more about you and fulfilling that purpose walk, and honoring that truth, and being able to share this part of you and use your gifts to impact lives. And that this is actually you birthing another level of the movement. Not the same one, but another level of it. And I'm really excited about seeing how it unfolds. And I'm totally going to be here for the journey and sharing. And as we move and, and roll along through that, please know at any time, definitely open an invitation to come back and we'll check in to see what's going Thank on. You. We'll have to do our checkups and say, okay, let's, what's <laughs> going on. Yeah. And where we, where we at and, and at the screenplay, I want to interview people on the red carpet <laughs> 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 um, and, yes. and do that, but it's it's definitely women like you. You're not only an inspiration and motivation for Chloe, but for women in general around the globe. And I will say that even for me to be that catalyst to move in my next.
1: Thank you so much. That's <laughs> that's an amazing compliment. And I mean I I want to share that with all of the with all of the women in my book who I mean without whom none of this would have been would have been possible. And so it's, yeah, I'm just so grateful that there were so many women who were willing to be part of this project to, you know, some of the women, a lot of the women I reached out to, I didn't even know. Oh, personally. Fantastic. That was going to ask you. That was um, my next question. It's like, <laughs> okay, so how did you get them on board? Yeah. So I, um, so, well, I started out with like the women I, I know personally from high school, college, like around DC Reached out to those because you know it's, um, I guess the people most likely to say yes, the people I'm most comfortable around. Um, and then I didn't originally have the goal of a hundred women, but as I kept taking photos and taking photos, sometimes I would think, okay, I'm done, and then I would see, you know, more women with natural hair, and I was like, oh my gosh, that woman has to be in my book. So I would say, okay, a couple more, a couple more, and eventually it got to the point where I was like, all right, I'm, I'm going to make it to a hundred because there are just so many beautiful black women out there. It's so hard for me to stop taking photos. Um, So reached out to people I knew. I found a lot of people on Instagram, like through the natural natural hair hashtag, like hashtag natural hair. Um, Yeah, so that was really cool. Um, And let's see, what else did I do? I also, you know, sometimes when I saw people out and about, um, sometimes I would see a black woman with natural hair And it was just so amazing. Like I saw this one woman with a frohawk at the grocery store and I was like, oh my gosh. And I'm, I'm sort of more introverted. So I was really nervous, but I was like, no, like her hair is amazing. She has to be in my book. So I, um, I went up to her and told her about my project and she was super down for it. And, um, yeah, so it definitely took me out of my, out of my comfort zone. And it's so, I don't know, it's just sort of like an affirmation of our humanity, you know, like there really are just so many inspirational women out there and they also inspired me, you know, because I'm still, you know, so, you know, I'm there's still days where I, I think that straight hair is more beautiful. Mm -hmm. or I wish that I had straight hair, you know Um, but then I think about Chloe and I think about all the women in my book and I think about all of the advice that they've given to Chloe and I take that, I take that advice for myself, you know, um, of course. and <laughs> gotta take advantage. So, um, yeah, so it's been, it's been a really great I like, journey. I love the fact that, and here's, here's something, and, and I use a lot
0: of humor and that's as you can guess, um, because we have to laugh <laughs> at ourselves sometimes is that, honey, you can have straight hair when you want to girl, you got a wig closet. That's what they have wig for. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) Some days you might want to feel like Sasha Fierce and go put your wig on. It doesn't mean that you don't Mm -hmm. want to love who you are. And so I think that we somehow realize that we're not stuck (laughs) only in our minds. You know what I mean? So if you want to Mm -hmm. have straight hair because you think straight hair makes you feel beautiful today. Then wear straight hair. But because you have straight hair, that doesn't make you internally beautiful. But you can wear straight hair and be beautiful. And I think that there's that mind. I'm all about the mind thing. Everything I'll talk to you about is how your brain works. So, what are we saying to our brain? What consciously are we really agreeing to and making agreements with ourselves? Is that I'm beautiful. And today, me and I'm going to call her Avalon because if I had a long wig, I would call her Avalon. Me and Avalon (laughs) are going today. And yes, we're doing it today. And we look really good. But Avalon doesn't define me. Mm -hmm. She just accentuates me for today because today I feel like this. But what if we begin to say that instead of You have to have natural hair to be beautiful. You have to have straight hair to be be beautiful. You know, we put these extremes (laughs) on our beauty, Mm -hmm. but really we're these beautiful mosaics that the beauty is that we can continue to flip. And, you know, one final fun story. When I was a school principal at a high school in Germany, actually with the Department of Defense, and you know, high school students are very um, interesting. And I'd always looked a little bit younger and (laughs) and I love them for life. But what I did, is that I would do eyelash Fridays and so I put eyelashes on and the kids can come and vote if they liked them, if they're thumbs up, thumbs down. And then one week I did five days of fabulous hair. And so I wore with, I mean, cause I had my hair cut really low, cut short all the way off before I had these amazing locks. I had my hair, I've had it pern, relaxed, cut short. I had it, um, Mary J Blige, Tony Braxton, you know, everybody, right? And so <laughs> then I decided to cut it all the way off and just, I did a, a chop. I was just like, you know what? Let it go. And then, but I had a wig closet. And so when I didn't have much hair, it was easier to wear my various wigs. And then, you know, and then I felt, okay, I have a fabulous face. So, you know, great skincare. I then would put on, I went from short, short, like bobbed kind of wig. I mean, like short croft mm-hmm. wig all the way. And I made it grow like the whole week to the... Friday I had a big afro. The kids loved wow. it. Oh my gosh, they would come and find me every day to see what hair I had. And we made it fun. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. I can I, so why don't we get over ourselves? <laughs> 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 for 5 minutes, and realize I realized that our hair, our skin complexion, our eye color doesn't make us who we think we are that's the defining factor
1: yeah that's that's really interesting that you bring that up like if our you know our hair in terms of defining us and that was one thing that um that was interesting in talking to different black women because there were there were women who were like yeah you know my hair um Let's see. Oh, sorry. I just got a notification, but it's still recording on your end, right? Okay. Perfect. Sorry about that. Um, Yeah. So there are some black women in my book who, you know, feel like my hair does not define me. Um, There's one woman in my book who um, has locks and she was, well, there's several women with locks, but one of them was saying, um, they started bothering her. They were just getting kind of itchy. So she just shaved them all off. Um, then she just decided to grow them back again. And she said, you know, for a lot of women, that would be a big deal cutting off their hair. But for me, I I don't really see my hair as part of my identity. It's just like a piece of clothing, you know? It's just like sort of an extra, I guess, an extra layer of my creativity. Yes. Um, <laughs> and then there were and then there were some women who um it was interesting because then there were some women who felt a lot more attached to their hair, like their hair was a part of their identity. Like it was a part of their blackness. Mm -hmm. And so that was interesting to me and thinking about how, I don't know, how those ideas can maybe coexist and how hair can just mean different things for different people. Back to your
0: psychological DNA. Honestly, it does. Because I guarantee you for like, say the, the young woman who has really, really, really long hair and it's fine, it's straight or it's curly or what, what they used to call quote unquote good hair, you know, it's that Mm -hmm. someone said, Oh, you're so beautiful. And if she had brown skin or darker skin, Oh, it's your, you know, it's your hair. It wasn't your skin that made you beautiful. You see, it's your hair. Yeah. And so little, Mm -hmm. little voices. And it's those small little voices that grow up to big thoughts um, yeah, if you don't catch you don't them. catch them, right? It's these little microaggressive pieces that you don't catch, but they go and embed themselves where in your subconscious. So you don't even know why people. go I don't even know why. Well, that's why you were you were not even aware that it was happening. So that's why you have to kind of go back and say, "Oh, did everyone anyone ever say that?" And the same and vice versa. You will have a person with coarse hair, right? And people call them names, whatever else. And so they don't want to have this coarse hair because it meant that I'm ugly and people are going to call me names. And then sometimes they go on the other extreme. They don't necessarily heal at the root. I'm making a hair joke, (laughs) but they don't heal at the root. (laughs) They actually go to the extreme. So they, they fried it, dyed it, laid it to the side, it weaved it, permed it, everything. And then they go, I'm super black. I'm cutting it off. I'm going to be bald. I'm going to be a militant about curly, nappy hair. And you got to have natural hair or you're not black. Huh, really? Because mm-hmm. my birth certificate says otherwise. So oh. <laughs> what I'm saying is that they don't heal and deal with the psychology behind their belief about their hair. Yeah. And the women that do, and they find this love and this beauty and this beautiful peace in that what i call the art and science of becoming really connected to it those are the ones that that really truly can embrace this journey and enjoy it and love it and that's who i'm speaking to so passionately and so proud of with you you know being able to share is that i bet you have all types in this and i'm so happy that However, whoever they are, they make the first step in sharing. And I guarantee you in their sharing, there were some awakenings to their own personal truths. Now, what they choose to do with that is another story. Because I bet you someone had a like aha moment. A mind stretched by a new idea will never return to its original dimension. So the very fact that you said, wow, your hair is amazing. It's beautiful. I need to be part of my book. It ignited something within them. It sparked something. And that's you. I hope so. No, we don't hope it is. Oh, thank you. It's a we don't hope. We claim. Oh, we claim. We don't hope. We, no, claim. we not, claim not on my show and not in my company, not in my circle. <laughs> I will I'll be at like a conference. I'm there talking to a thousand people, talent HR recruiters, and they go, I said, oh, we don't hope we do. Uh, we don't say that. Don't say that. <laughs> Woman. And I said, because I know the power of words. Yeah, the power of words, and when soon as you say hope, and I don't mean now. I say hope in some instances. Okay, we should have you know, hope for things, mm-hmm. but when we begin to apply hope into the actions we're taking, then that implies doubt in the fruition thereof, and now that is a dichotomy and sends mixed signals to the universe.
1: That's really yeah. <laughs> that's a that's a really good point. Yeah, my. Been, I've been thinking a lot about like manifesting work and stuff like that and yeah that's a good reminder mm-hmm. Will does and and yeah I think I think that this book has sparked something in the women who have who who are in it um and yeah just like it has in myself and I think some people um or not I think I know that some people um in the book you know because they told me like, oh, I hadn't thought of this before, um, or I hadn't thought of it this way before, or I never thought about this aspect of natural hair before. Um, and it was cool because as I interviewed more and more women, I sort of, yeah, obviously learned more and more different perspectives and different stories. And so then when I was talking to the next person, I would have already this whole repertoire of, <laughs> of other stories and perspectives. And so I could say, well, one person said this, like, what do you think about this? Um, you know, oh, this person, this person, actually had this different idea. How do you, you know, what do you think about that? And so, um, so yeah, it was, yeah, it was, it, it did. Yay. I'm so, (laughs) I'm,
0: I'm, like I said, I am so happy to be connected and it was me making the decision. And I was in DC actually most of last week (laughs) at a conference. I wish I would have known. I didn't realize you were even in DC. I was speaking at the ERE conference. And so I was right down there it was fantastic um you know to be in that area and so i didn't do any live shows and i got sick and i lost my voice and i had literally been feeling like someone needed to come and either take me out or pump me out one of the two
1: and <laughs> and i thought
0: oh my gosh i haven't done and and i start feeling some kind of way because when i'm not doing the shows and i'm not doing the monday you know the weekly daily doses, I feel like I'm not really operating and owning my truth. And when I miss one or two days, it seems to spiral into the next day. Then this happens in the next day. And so that's where that consistency factor is. And that's where I'm also in my growth journey. I'm really clear about what I'm called to do. Inspire, empower, and transform lives through really helping people make those necessary mind shifts to lead the life that they're called to lead. I'm really conscious about the areas that here's where I need to kind of up level and I need to clean and where I continually work is on the consistency. Because we get tired on the journey, we get distracted, and sometimes we just plain don't wanna. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. And and what do we do? And and so that's why I said those 3 Cs, if you have them all, things are going well. Anytime one of them is missing or drooping, something's out of alignment, and that I constantly go through and replay really quickly now, this cycle of like, okay, let me do this. where, Let me do my self-check. What do I need? Who do I need? How do I need to get intentional? What do I need to focus on? And what action am I going to take right now? And once I start doing that over and over again, it really began to allow me to, like I said, make those shifts. And today I was so happy and I am thoroughly overjoyed um, to be connected, even to know more about you and more about your work and, and find out, like I said, I, I'm fascinated with all things documentary and documentarians, because I keep saying that that Mm -hmm. was who I was called to be. And then the other voice and God says, well, then why aren't you doing it?
1: So (laughs) that's what my therapist says. She says, if you, if you want to see what you really want, take a look at what you have. And I need to remind myself of that. (laughs) <laughs> right, right. And, and shout out to the
0: therapists, and even going into therapy and saying, Hey, listen, I need someone to work this out with, you know, whatever yeah. it is, I'm working it out. And, and so that's really powerful. And I believe that your book will be magnificent hair therapy for millions of women around the globe. And I am so there for it. And I can't wait, you know, to, to see the next phase and even thank you for allowing me to have you on the show, to be a part of this experience.
1: Of course. Yeah. It's, it's really great talking to you about all of this and hearing, yeah, hearing so many new perspectives. That's what's, that's what I love about documentary, um, and journalism is that you just get to hear, yeah, just so many really interesting perspectives. Like every person you talk to, you know, you, you can talk to 100 black women about the same topic, natural hair, and every person is going to bring something new to the table. So it's so, yeah, I'm really grateful that you shared um Everything that you did. I'm me. glad
0: too. I mean I was like, "Wow, this was like this really, and every show I do is a little bit different, because <laughs> they're <content> conversations. <laughs> because to me, that's where people yeah. buy in that authenticity piece is there. So I really appreciate you, And before we go and like wrap up, I definitely want to provide another opportunity. Please tell people how to connect with you, where to connect with you, and um, give them, you know give them a little teaser about what they can expect next from you.
1: Yeah, so um, uh, again, so my website is dearchloe.com. So, dear and then Chloe with an H, so K H L O E.com. You can sign up for the newsletter there to hear everything related to my book. Um, coming up next, I'm looking into doing some merchandise leading up to the release of the book. Um, so, be on the lookout for that. I'm planning on doing definitely sweatshirts as well as some other things, posters. Um, and I'm plan- planning on collaborating with, um, I'm in touch with some black female artists who, um, yeah, are going to be helping me with like the art portion of the merchandise. Um, also I am, yeah, obviously going to send updates about the book, um, official release date in spring 2020. And I also have social media pages. So Instagram is dear underscore Chloe, Chloe with an H. Um, And there I'm posting um, pictures that I've taken of black women and also people can send in uh, pictures of themselves with their natural hair and a couple sentences about why they love their natural hair. And I'll share that on my social media also.
0: Um, I'm going to have to go do mine. Oh, my God.
1: Yes, Ah. definitely. Please do. I'm going to have to
0: do that. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Well, I appreciate you coming on the show and just being such an amazing Guest and inspiration, and for all of you listeners out there, please definitely check out um, Dear Chloe and follow Saint Clair dietrich Jules, because she's doing amazing things not only with the the her hair the hair book and Dear Chloe the the documentary, but also um, just being a world change and a catalyst for change. So definitely, definitely stay on the lookout for her and remember. To like, follow, share, walking through glass, the podcast with your host Dr. Dina C. Brown. Where again, it is it is my true understanding and knowing to share with you that you have the power and the authority to transform your situation. So get very clear about who you're called to be and where you should be. So that you can be very confident in your walk. And so when life happens and you get shaken, you can stay the course. And in staying the course, it allows you to be consistent. And as you show up every day for you, you have the power and the authority to impact lives monumentally around you and across the globe. So thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. And remember, Walking Through Glass, the podcast, is available on iTunes, Google Music Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and soon-to-be iHeartRadio. And thank you again for tuning in to this Conscious Conversation with Miss St. Clair Dietrich Jules. This has been Dr. Dina C. Brown, your host of Walking Through Glass, the podcast. Bye-bye. Real talk.